Well, I want to welcome you here this morning. Uh, got uh, a couple prayer requests that we need to lift up. Uh, the other day, uh, y'all know Betty Glenn, she was put into the hospital. Uh, she was having real bad problems breathing. Well, they dismissed her, but they admitted her into uh, Azel Manor to the therapy center. And uh, they're going to be do, doing some therapy on her, trying to help her. You know, she's got the, not only does she have the problem with the breathing, but she's got some heart problem and some issues there. And they are working with her. I was there with her the other day. And uh, she's feeling really good. She says she's so glad she came there because they're doing such a good job with her. And uh, so, but y'all keep her in prayer. She's in the Azel Manor room 106 in the therapy wing. Of, uh, of the center. And if you get a chance, just go by there and see her. She'll be there for probably a few more days. Probably rest, probably all next week. I'm not sure. And uh, But uh, she's in good spirits, and she said be sure and tell everybody hello, that she wants to thank you for your prayers. And uh, then uh, <clears throat> we have uh, Karen Huff with us this morning. I appreciate her being here. But uh, Donald, her husband, he has a little issue right now. They're not sure exactly what it is. He's going to go to the doctor. Maybe it's a hernia. Maybe it's something else. But y'all keep Donald in prayer that uh, God will just touch him, raise him up. And uh, we got uh, well, Dale Foster. He's not here this morning. He is traveling back from Arkansas where he took his Beverly and his son there. Uh, home and so Dale's on his way back so y'all keep Dale in prayer for a good safe journey and no problems and and get him back and uh, let's see I'm trying to think there was somebody else I was going to it's been kind of a busy week and uh, but uh, y'all y'all keep all these people just keep the whole church in prayer for the needs and things they have we have a visitor back here this morning y'all be sure and say hi to her and the kids rebecca burton and and uh and, and and welcome her so uh but anyway we'll get into the service this morning i've entitled my message following the shepherd i was reading in the book of john the other day i was just sitting there and just picked up the bible and just Turn to John for some. I love the book of John anyway. But, uh, and we got to talk, and he got to reading about the shepherd. You know, Jesus says he is our shepherd. What is a shepherd? What is a shepherd? He, we, he said a good shepherd takes care of his sheep. Okay, we are the sheep. And again, he said, and then he also says that a good shepherd, a loving shepherd, will lay down his life for his sheep. He would die for his sheep. You know, even in the book, even in the Old Testament over there, David talks about having fighting lions and bears and everything protecting his sheep. But God's hand was up on him and protected him and gave him victory over those animals that were coming against the sheep. Well, you know, Jesus is watching over us. He is our shepherd. And he is the good shepherd. Matter of fact, here in John 10, 27, I'll start out with that scripture there. It says, and this is Jesus speaking. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them. He knows you. He knows each and every one of us. 
and they follow me. Do we? I hope we do. You know, uh, talking about this, and I got to thinking about something. I, I saw a little article in the, in the paper the other day, or in our, our magazine. But anyway, and he was talking about uh, mothers. Now, I'm talking about a shepherd, and I'm, you're fixing to see where I'm going here with this. But have you ever noticed how a mother knows her child's voice? Have you ever noticed that? That a mother knows her child's voice. I mean, there can be a crowd of kids on a playground playing, hollering, laughing, screaming. But one of those children cries out, Mama! That mother recognized that voice. They knew immediately that was their child. They could distinguish that voice from all the other voices on that playground. Well, see, God built mothers that way, to know the voice of their children. And one of the jobs of a good shepherd is loving, knowing, and caring about his sheep. That's us. That's us. You can call out to God, and God knows exactly who you are and what you need. He knows your voice. He knows your cry. He knows when you need something. He's listening. He's always listening. And uh, and like I said, uh, one of the jobs of the shepherd is to know the cries of his sheep. But you know something else? The sheep should also know the voice of the shepherd. Are you listening to the shepherd? Or are you listening to the world? How, are you distinguishing the voice of the shepherd? from the other voices around you. Other voices will do everything they can to crowd out the voice of the shepherd, to keep you from hearing it. Many people ask, well, how do you know it's God? How do you know you're hearing the voice of the shepherd? I'm going to show you something here in just a minute. But paying attention, reading your Bible, you get closer to God. Matter of fact, over in the Scripture, I'm going to say something. In the book of James, chapter 4, verse 8, it tells us something. It says, you draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. The closer we want to be to God, the closer we become to God. The more we know, read about God, know about God, the more we're in His presence, the more we read His Word, the more we pray to Him, the more we seek Him the better we get to know him. You've got friends. You may know some of them real, real well. And you may just know some of them as just a friend. Those that you know real well, it's those that you, that you run around with, that you may visit, have communication with, call on the telephone, and all that. But you stay close to them. And sometimes, you know, you call, they pick up the phone, and you say something, you'll start to say, well, this, oh, I know who you are. I recognize your voice. You don't even have to tell them who you are. See, that's kind of the way God is. When you call God, God knows who you are. He knows your voice. He knows your dedication. He knows your relationship with Him. What kind of a, what kind of a relationship do we have with God? Is it a close relationship? Is it a relationship where we walk with God daily or just on Sunday? Which is it? Some people don't know anything about God other than, well, sometimes on Sunday I go to church. 
We need a relationship daily with God. And that's what God wants from us. He wants that daily, that full-time relationship, not just a Sunday relationship. We should seek Him daily and not just on Sundays. And uh, He's not just a Sunday God. He doesn't answer His prayers only on Sunday. Every day, any time that you call upon Him, he answers. He answers. He hears your voice. He knows you. And, uh, you know, that's one of the shepherd's jobs is caring for his sheep. He's to know them. And the sheep really know the shepherd. They know the shepherd's voice. I was watching a, a deal on TV here. It's been a while back. It was showing a little clipping, and it was showing uh, uh, the shepherd. And he was over in Israel. And this shepherd had gone into town, or the village, I call it a town, to a village to pick up supplies. Okay, he didn't go off and leave his sheep. He took them with him. They followed him into that village. And most of those villages, when the shepherds and so forth come in, well, they just, there was just a lot of grassland around there. Those sheep just left the shepherd and, walked, and went out there and started eating. While the shepherd was taking care of his business. But when the shepherd got ready to leave, he put his stuff in his car to take it back to wherever they were camping and staying. When he left, he didn't have to go out there and round up each one of his sheep. That shepherd just started walking away and hollered out, Sheep! Those sheep just started coming and there was other shepherds there, and there was just no telling how many hundreds or thousands of sheep there. That shepherd's sheep just peeled out from all those other sheep and followed their shepherd. And those other sheep just stayed where they were. See, the sheep knew the shepherd's voice. They knew that was their shepherd. They knew that was their caretaker, their protector. And they just started following him. And they went back. And he said, you know, to their camp. And, and you know, and, and, and so he said, but that's what I'm talking about. The sheep knew. How many of us know the voice of God when you hear it? Well, how do you know it's God? How do you know you're hearing God? What is your relationship with God? What is your relationship with that close friend I was talking about a while ago? You call him, you don't even have to tell him who you are. He already knows who it is because he recognized your voice. We should be able to recognize God's voice. Know whether it's God. Know whether it's the world. Now, I'm going to tell you what. You've got false teachers out there. You've got false gods. You've got those that, that are that coming. You've got Satan that comes in and tries to convince you they're God. You don't see them, but he's, he's, he's talking to you constantly getting you to do things. Now this is where it comes in. You need to know some you need to know your scriptures. Satan will not tell you the truth. He will not. He'll always he will never go along with what God says. He'll get close, but he won't tell you what God says. He's going to lead you away from God. And that's what you need to know. You need to have a relationship with God that you know who God is what his word says and when 
the word that you hear lines up with the Bible and what God says, it's God. But we have, a, we have something we have to do. We have to get in our Bibles. We have to study our Bibles. We have to know what God is saying. We have to know our good shepherd. When he talks, that's who we're going to follow. We're not going to follow after some other person. We're going to follow after Jesus. Because we recognize his voice and we know that's who it is. You know, in John 10, 14. <clears throat> anyway, Jesus is called the good shepherd. And this is a, and really, this is a great description of who Jesus is. He is a great shepherd. Well, John 10, 14, is, now listen, this is what Jesus says. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. And he knows you. He knows your voice. He knows your needs. He knows your relationship with him. He knows your love for him. We're not fooling Jesus. He knows you. He knows you. And he's taking care of you. But the closer we get to him, the closer he gets to us. And it says, for I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep. And I am known to them. Do you really know God? Are you seeking God? Are you seeking relationship? Are you seeking... When you pray to God, are you believing that God hears you? Are you believing that God cares about you? Do you believe He cares about what you're praying about? How important? You know, if it's... I'm going to tell you something. Some people say, well... My prayers really kind of small. They don't amount to nothing. Hey, if your prayers are important to you, they're important to God. You're His children. He loves you. And what if something's bothering you? God wants to take care of it. Many people, you know, and I think that is probably one of the worst things you can do. If a child comes to you and they've got a problem, oh, you you don't tell that child, oh, that's no big. Well, it. That's no big deal. Well, at that moment, it is to that child, or he wouldn't come bothering you. You shouldn't be interested in when that child comes to you. Let's sit down. Let's talk about it. Let's see what's going on. Let's see what we can do about it. Encourage that child to come to you. Many children won't come to their parents. Well, my parents don't care. I know you care about your child. But you've got to let them know you care about it. Sit down with them. Say, okay, let's talk about this problem you've got. And we'll see what we can do, and then we'll give it to God. We'll, we'll pray about it. You know, I think that would really work for a child, is to know you're that concerned that you would sit down that you would pray with them about their problem. See, that's the way God is with us. He's concerned about what we go through. He takes the time to talk with us. He takes that time to even bless us because of some of the things we go through. And <clears throat> excuse me. And I asked y'all a question a while ago. What does a good shepherd do? Well, he cares for his sheep, just like Jesus cares for you. He protects them. Just like Jesus has set up a hedge of protection around you. 
He feeds them, takes care of them, makes sure their needs are met, and he watches over them closely. Y'all don't realize how close God is watching over you, his sheep, to take care of you, to meet your needs. Sometimes God averts things from happening in your life that you don't even know about because of his love for you. There's things that could took place in your life and God said, no! And he didn't allow it to happen. You're his sheep. He Remember, I said to him, a good shepherd will lay down his life for you. Jesus laid down his life for us. That's how much he loved us. And it tells what it tells us, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, whoever should believe in him, and not, they shall not perish, but they shall have eternal life. That was love. And Jesus still don't, he still loves you today as much as he did then. You haven't, you haven't run Jesus off. He still loves you. He still cares about you. He still wants to take care of you. And a good shepherd keeps his sheep from wandering off. You know, the Bible tells us, raise up a child in the way they should go, and they'll never depart from you. They're always going to remember. They may get away. They may stray. But say, long time, many of them come back because they realized what they walked away from. Look at that prodigal son. Oh, Father, give me what I got coming. Well, that boy didn't have nothing coming. But, but the Father gave it to him and let him go. He got away from God. He wasted everything that God had gave him. He got in a, in a terrible, terrible need. Finally, it said one day, when he was just so hungry, he'd run out of money. He didn't have anything. He was ready to, he went to work for this farmer right, with, that had pigs. Now, for a Jewish boy, to get involved with hogs, it's un that don't happen. That don't happen. But this boy did. And as he was feeding those hogs, he said, you know, I am so hungry, I'm ready to eat with these pigs. I'm ready to eat what they're eating. And then he said, all of a sudden, he came to himself. He's sitting there, what am I doing here? I don't have to be here. Some of the predicaments we're in, we don't have to be there. We don't have to. And that boy said, I'm going to get up. And I'm going to go home. And I'm going to tell my father, forgive me for my disrespect for you. For the things that I did. For the things I said. Just, you don't even have to take me back as a son. Just make me a hired help. Well, it, it, it goes on there and it says, and the father was out on his porch one day looking down the road. The father was always looking for the son to come home. Just like God's looking for those who are not here today to come back. You know, he's looking for them. He's ready to greet them. Well, that father looked down there. He said he looked a long way down the road. And he saw this boy. It, what did that father do? He didn't say, oh, here he comes. I knew he'd come crying back. I knew he'd come begging. No. That father got off that porch and he ran to that young man, his son, 
throwed his arms around him, kissing him. And that boy was trying to confess, Father, I have sinned against you. And that father wouldn't even hear him. He was so glad that he was home. He called one of the servants and said, Go kill the fatted calf. We're going to celebrate. My son who was dead is now alive. Yes, he was spiritually dead, but now he is alive. Many of us are spiritually dead, but you know, you can get spiritually alive too. <clears throat> the father looked at another servant and said, Go get the ring. Put it on his finger. That was a family ring. It had a crest on it. That boy could go to town with that ring. He could buy anything he wanted. He didn't have to have money. They'd fix up the bill of sale. He would take that ring and it'd have a piece of wax on it. That boy would dip that ring, that insignia, into that wax and leave an imprint. That was as good as cash. And that storekeeper would put that in the file cabinet. When the father came in, the father paid the bill. Put shoes on my son. Back in days, only, only the family wore shoes. All servants went barefooted. Give him the best robe. This was a robe that was set aside for the closest friends that would come to visit. When you came to visit, a family, you come to visit, first thing that come in, you know, you just, it was hot, it was dusty. They usually wore sandals. They'd come in, they'd wash your feet. Cleanse you. Then they would go in there and get the very best robe out of the closet and put it on that friend. Go get the best robe and put it on my son. See, God cares. He has not changed. He says, for I am the Lord your God, and I change not. That's over in the book of Malachi, chapter 6, I believe. And he's saying that. For I am the Lord God, and I change not. He cared for his son. That's how Jesus cares for his sheep. You, me, he cares about us. You know, I, I think probably one of the best illustrations or the clearest illustrations of, <coughs> excuse me, of knowing Jesus' voice is found in John chapter 20. I thought about this as I was reading this. It said, and this was after, just right after uh, Jesus' resurrection. Well, there in the book of John, we were, we're told about Mary Magdalene as she goes to the tomb to anoint Jesus' body and check on him and all that. Well, she goes in. What? No body. No body. It's empty. She became very discouraged because she thought somebody had stolen the body or just moved it. And, uh, She walked outside the tomb. A man approached her. She didn't recognize him. She didn't recognize him. First, she thought he was a gardener. Until something happened. I wonder what happened. Until he spoke her name. Jesus spoke her name. That one word he spoke, and Mary knew it was her Lord.
that one word, Mary, she recognized the Lord's voice. She knew who it was. She knew her Lord's voice. And one, you know, and, and I think that too, that's probably one of the most distinguishing things about a, a follower of Christ, a Christian, is recognizing his voice. Is recognizing his voice. And I've had people say, do you hear God speak audibly? I said, there's only been one time that I really feel it was audible. But it scared me to death. And the rest of the time, I believe it's what we feel and know in our heart. We're, the conviction we have maybe sometimes of Scripture. You know, God will speak to you through Scripture. Have you ever just been reading in your Bible and you get to a Scripture that you wasn't even thinking about and you read, whoa, I need this. That's God speaking to you. He speaks through Scripture also. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And I think probably one of the best ways that God speaks to us, and we're not listening. How many of you have ever heard the still, small voice? Elijah did. Elijah had just been through an incident on Mount Carmel. And he proved God was God. And Jezebel, you know, Elijah ended, ended up killing 400 of her prophets. In a contest. If they come, you know. Elijah made him a deal. Said, "If you're going to worship God, you worship God. If you're not, then you worship whoever you're going to worship. But me, I'm going to worship God." You can find that kind of over in over in, in uh, <coughs> excuse me, Joshua also. He said, "I don't know about you, but as far as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You serve whoever you want to, but me and my house are serving God." Well, Elijah offered the, these prophets a big deal. He said, you bring in all this wood, and then you ask your God to send down fire and burn it. They, they, they brought in all their wood. They prayed, and they prayed. And, they, and Elijah, of course, he was kind of talking, well, where is your God? How come he's not burning that wood? <coughs> Well, they said, okay, you do it. Elijah had all that wood there. And then he said, wait a minute. He had buckets and buckets of water brought in and poured over that wood. Soaked that wood soaking wet. And he said, God, set this wood on fire. A bolt of lightning come down. And it burned all that wet wood. It set it all on fire and burned it plumb up. He said, now who is your God? Where is your God? If 
God proved he was God. Well, when Jezebel heard about it, she threatened that she was going to kill Elijah. Okay, now, you know, this here was something kind of startling. Elijah got scared and run off to hide. I believe if my God had burned a whole bunch of wet wood, I'd have trusted my God to take care of me. But it's leading up to something. <clears throat> I'm going to read to you here 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 11 through 13. This is God talking to Elijah. Elijah was trying to hear God's voice. Listen to what God tells him. And God said to Elijah, Go forth and stand on the mount before the Lord. Go forth and stand on that mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great strong wind tore into the mountain and broke the rocks into pieces. But the Lord was not in the wind. And there was a hurricane, an earth, excuse me, earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. Verse 12. And after the earthquake came a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, something happened. It says, a still, small voice. You know, and in verse 13, and it was so, when Elijah heard that still small voice, he wrapped his face in his cloak. See, back in that days, you couldn't look upon God and live. He figured God was right there. He took his cloak, throwed it over his head, hid his face so he wouldn't look upon God. And he went out. And he stood in the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? That still, small voice. That voice that Elijah was seeking to heal. He thought, well, okay, all this wind. Boy, I'm listening. God's voice is surely going to be in this. It wasn't. There came an earthquake. Well, this, I know I'm going to hear God now. He's caused this earthquake. He's getting my attention. And he listens and he listens. Still, no voice. He says, go stand in the entrance of the cave. And when he did that, he said, a still, small voice that you could just barely, barely hear. You had to be listening. And I think that's one of our problems is we're not listening. We're not listening. We're expecting God just to, boom, I am God. Hear me. No. It's very, very small. You can't hardly hear him. You have to be paying attention. You have to be listening to hear God's voice and have that relationship with God that he wants. See, it, and two, I don't know, have you ever tried to explain? So it's impossible to explain to someone who is not a believer 
they just don't understand about hearing God. They don't understand. They think you're crazy. They think you're crazy. They just don't understand. But a true believer in Christ just knows their heart when God speaks. They feel Him speaking in their heart, in their spirit. Sometimes you'd have to sit there and you could be there for hour, two hours. And all of a sudden, you well, seems like you just sit down. But you had a visit with God. And He spoke. He was telling you some things that you needed to know. You called on Him. Now listen to Him when He calls back. When He wants to talk, Listen to Him. You know, and the longer you walk with God and the closer you get to God, the more recognizable His voice becomes. The more time you spend with God, the more you recognize His voice and when He's talking. That's just like your friend. The more time you spend with that friend, the more you recognize Him and the things about Him. He can call you and say, hey, that's what maybe just say, oh, hey there, Mike, how you doing? You know, he recognized his voice because they were close. Linda can call me. She don't have to tell me who she is. I know it. I recognize her voice. And that's the way it needs to be when, when, when God calls us. Recognize his voice and listen to him when he talks. He's... He, He's coming to you for a reason. Maybe you've asked him something. Maybe you're really needing to hear something from God. He's there. Now respect him and listen to what he says. He's, he's, he's answering your request. Show him the courtesy of listening to him. You're going to be glad you did. I guarantee you that. You're going to be glad you listened. And... Uh, let me ask you a question. When is the last time you've heard God speak to you? Through your spirit? In your heart? In your mind? Through scripture? When is the last time you had that urge and you felt that God was telling you something? He should always be talking to us. When we're reading his scriptures, when we're praying, he's always listening. And most of the time he'll answer you, but we're in too big of a hurry. We want to say, Lord, I need this, I need this, and I need that, and I need it now, and I'll talk to you later, and you're gone. When you're praying, and you're coming into the presence of God, give him an opportunity. Sit there for a little bit and give him an opportunity to talk back to you. Don't just rush out. But give him the opportunity to talk back to you. Sometimes we're in too big a hurry. And sometimes God's testing us. How big of a hurry? How much do you really care about me? Are you really wanting me to speak to you? Are you willing to sit there for just a few minutes and listen? Are you that big of a hurry? You know, if we are Christian and truly love God, we should recognize God's voice. 
we should recognize it. And as Christians, we must be very careful not to let the world and the things around us drown out God's voice, because it's going to try to. When the world knows that God's speaking, you're going to have all kinds of distractions. He's going to try to turn you away from God, from hearing God, and everything else. We have to be careful to focus our mind and our thoughts on God. Not let the world, not let Satan interrupt, because he's going to try. Just tell him. Satan, I don't have time for you. I'm, with, I'm talking with my God. Now hit the road. In Jesus' name. Tell him to leave. Because you're with God. He knows you're with God, and he's trying to distract you. He don't want God talking to you, and he don't want you talking to God. You know, God has so much to say to us. He has so much to say to us, we need to hear him when he speaks. And the only thing we have to do is be listening. Be listening. You're going to feel it, and you're going to know it when God says something. Stop whatever you're doing and give God that moment and that time to talk to you. You're going to be glad you did. You're going to be glad you did. Just make sure that whenever God talks, that you're listening. You have to make it up. You have to make it up in your mind that I want to hear from God. I'm not going to let anything distract me. I'm not going to let anything come against me. Let me ask you a question. How many times have you sat down, opened up your Bible to read it? All of a sudden, the doorbell starts ringing. Phone starts ringing. Somebody's, you know bothering you, somebody's coming by. That's the devil causing that. He don't want you spending any time with God. He don't want you spending time with God. And he's going to do everything he can to interrupt your time with God. So, you have to make up your mind to listen. Or you're listening. I want to ask the band, if they will, to come up and play something. If you're here today, and you feel like, I need to hear from God, I want to hear from God, we have altars up here that you can come to. You can have a moment here with God. But God, I want to hear from you. God, there's things going on and you know what they are. But Lord, I need to hear from you. <clears throat> How do you want me to handle this? What do you want me to do? Too many of us don't want to ask God to speak to us because we're afraid he will. We're afraid he will. Then what I do? You do whatever he tells you to do. It'll be the greatest moment in your life. Maybe something's going on in your life. Maybe there's situations that need to be taken care of. Maybe God wants to talk to you about them, how to handle them, what to do. Give him that opportunity. If you don't give you him that opportunity, he's not going to force it on you. So if you need to speak with God, God is always available. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, it don't make any difference. 
when you need to talk to God, God's ready to listen because he loves you. So I'm going to ask the band to play. If you would like to just come up and maybe visit with the Lord for a minute. If you'd like to have prayer, I'm going to be down front. I'll be glad to stand in agreement with you and pray with you. But give God the opportunity and the chance to talk to you and to meet your needs. So if y'all will... Mm -hmm. 